0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Obsidian Achievement. This is your host, Michael Russon. Thank you for joining me. Happy Sunday! Good to be uh, on with you guys. I got the whole family at the house, which I love. I was, I think, I was telling you that yesterday. Absolutely adore having mom and dad over. It's great seeing them just interact and play with and love on Ada. Um, I I say it all the time man being a dad is just the best thing in the world it really is it's the best thing in the world nothing brings me more joy um, than being a father and seeing her I mean the the, my favorite thing every morning is my wife you know I'm typically up first and I'm out there uh, reading my Bible and uh, my wife she wakes up and goes and gets Ada And brings her out, and Ada just with her, you know, a little sleepy face and her hair all messy. She just looks at me in the eyes every morning and gets the biggest smile. I don't say anything now. We just kind of stare at each other when we first see each other in the morning, and I kind of like hunch my shoulders up and get a big smile on my face. Like, you know what I mean? And we both just look at each other, and she gives me the biggest smile, hides her face, buries her face in my wife's chest. It's the most adorable. It's just the best thing in the world, and it's cool seeing, you know, your parents interact with your kids, and uh, it's got to be an amazing feeling to know that you've created two generations, you know what I mean, I just can't imagine being a grandfather, and looking at this little bundle of life, and being like, wow, (laughs) this indirectly, directly came from me, you know what I mean, like, I helped, like, this little person wouldn't be here without me, you know, is that cool to think about? I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But uh, I think it's just so... It's so incredible. I, I, I just... Um, I think it's so incredible. So, um, yeah, man. It's, it's one of the best things in the world. And I know I've got a lot of parents that listen to me. And some of you are single. Um, you know, I, I think that... We look too often for the fairy tales in life without realizing that, you know, even in most fairy tales, there's a season of adversity and setback and things look bleak. And then you have the fairy tale ending, right? I think people want the fairy tale ending from start to finish. Let me say that again. People want the fairy tale ending from start to finish. You know, when you start to date somebody, you have that honeymoon phase, that initial dating phase where everything's new and it's it's exciting and you're learning about the person and and you're, you know, the first time you get to touch the person or kiss the person, um, the first time that you really have a deep conversation with the person or that you share some degree of vulnerability with that person everything's new it's exciting and then that starts to fade away and you start to fall into a routine and you establish a routine and you live that out day to day to day to day to day and what happens is is that people get entrenched in these routines and they start to drift apart because that spark fades, that newness fades, and it's just another day, another day, and then life happens, you know what I mean? Bills, and, and doctor's appointments, and um, disagreements, and arguments, and all these, so you, you have this routine, and then, and then life starts to pile itself on top of you. And so many people fall away, it's why the divorce ratio is so high, 50-60%, because there's so much, there's so many options now, so when things, when you fall into that routine and life starts to batter you, there's always another option, you know, there's always another girl, there's always another guy, there's always somewhere else to look. If You're not satisfied with where you're at. And this isn't just exclusive to relationships. I'm talking jobs, careers, entrepreneurial endeavors, businesses, workout routines. It's the same. Exactly what I just described. This is what's going to happen January 1st. So exactly what I just described is very, you could put that over any, any other situation. So January 1st, there's going to be a lot of people that wake up, which is great. And they go to the gym and it's new and it's fresh and it's exciting. And you get in there and you get a good sweat. And you're like, hey man, and you know, you go to the, the, the sauna for the first time. Oh, this is cool, it's hot in here, I'm sweating, this feels good. Then you go to the protein bar, shake bar, and you're like, oh, I'm gonna get a shake, and you're like, you leave the gym and you're feeling great, man. Like I did it, I went. Which is awesome, which is amazing. I'm so happy that people are gonna go to the gym on January 1st. That that genuinely it makes me feel very good, but <laughs> what happens is okay. Day two, still new, still fresh, still exciting. On oh, day three, still new, still fresh, still exciting. Ah, oh, day four. All right, this is. I got a routine now. I know. I know what time I get here. I know what locker I like. I prefer this locker. <laughs> Over. I prefer this particular shower. I'm starting to prefer this one. It's the one I've gone to the past four days. This is the routine I'm into right now. I'm going to hit the treadmill. I'm going to go to this machine. And I'm going to go to this right. And then day five comes and you you skip a day. Oh, no. Okay. Day six, I'm back in there, though. And then day seven, you're back in there. And then day eight, you skip a day. And day nine, you skip. And day ten, you skip. And you, like, snap out of it. You're like, all right, I got to get back. Day 11, you're back in. And then you go to the 12th day, and then you miss the 13th, the 14th, the 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th, 19th, and the gym starts to become a distant memory of fluorescent lights and sweat and equipment, the clanging of equipment. Isn't that so much like everything else in our lives that we fall out of the honeymoon phase, and we... Let these people, these tasks, these careers, these commitments fall by the wayside. I, I people shirk on commitments so often because of this. People fail. Like today, it's Christmas Eve. It's seven. It's uh, six fifty-six in the morning, and I'm on my way to the gym, and there is not a soul on the road right now. There's no, I haven't passed a single, how long we've we been on? Seven minutes? I haven't passed to say. okay, here's one now. This is the first car I've passed in seven minutes at this red light. Um, I don't expect that many people will be here today. And I'm not even talking about going on the days where it's really tough, like Christmas Eve. I'm talking about just sticking to a plan, to a routine. And again, I'm not just talking about working out. I'm talking about everything in your life. Your relationships, your businesses, your job, everything in your life. People shirk commitment because it gets boring or because they don't see results. See, what happens is that day 12, that last day you went to the gym, you look at yourself in the mirror and you look at the same as you did day one and you start to think to yourself, what's the point? What's the point? I thought I'd, I thought I'd lose more weight by now. I'm only down a pound in 12 days. How's this possible? what you don't see is behind the scenes you've been adding muscle and replacing fat you're too focused on a number on the scale and not what your body is, see this is the thing man is that this is why so many relationships and businesses and fitness plans fail it's because that newness fades that spark begins to disappear and before you know it, the relationship falls through, you stop going to the gym, the diet ceases to be a thing, you give up on the business, it's just another LLC sitting there unused, inventory gone to waste, ideas rotting in the corner outside, littered outside your wastebasket. It's a shame. And uh, I think about this this morning because I left, right before I left, I kissed my daughter on the head and I went over and I kissed my wife and I told her that she looked beautiful. And here she is, you know, six o'clock in the morning, sweatshirt, sweatpants, no makeup, big pregnant belly. <laughs> and uh, when, when I say that she's genuinely the most beautiful woman in the world to me I mean that It's not, I'm not saying that because I have to and she's my pregnant wife I really mean that and I was thinking and as I was preparing this episode in my mind that I'm so thankful that we aren't we haven't stagnated that if I can say anything in my life stagnation is not an attribute that I would use in any area of my life the gym is still I go to the gym every day and every day it's new and exciting every day I'm excited to leave the house and get to the gym every day I'm excited to be a husband every day I'm excited to be a father every day there's new challenges to tackle in my businesses every single day so many people. So many people. See, the, the the problem is, guys, and I need to speak to you, and I, I might hurt some of your feelings, is I've said this once and I'll say it many times, that a lack of discipline in one area manifests itself in every area of your life. That if you allow yourself to get fat and out of shape, it's a systemic issue that is going to appear in other areas of your life. I guarantee you, if you are fat and out of shape, your marriage is not in the condition that it could be. It might not be failing, but it certainly isn't as good as it could be, right? You and I could both sit down, look each other in the face, and you could, you would not be able to tell me that you have the best marriage that it could possibly, that your marriage is the best that it could possibly be. Now, does that mean that all fit people have great marriages? No, that's not at all what I'm saying. But it's not as great as it could be. It's not as great as it could be. You know, you really have to, and and, and if you're fat and out of shape, something tells me that maybe you're cutting corners in business too, or you're not doing what you should be doing in your business, that you could be working harder than what you're working. I guarantee you, if you're fat and out of shape, I guarantee you, I guarantee you guys, that you're not working as hard as you could be working in your business. I guarantee you. You're leaving, you're leaving things on the table. You might feel like you're working hard, but there's a whole nother gear that you don't even know that you have because you're just you're fat and slow. You can't you can't catch your breath. You know what I mean? And I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to put any of you down that listen to me. I just care about each and every single one of you and because I care about you and I love you guys I will tell you the truth you can't be the best person again and it's not just about being fat you could be in great shape but drinking too much well you're it's going to show up in other areas of your life take it from me I'm over a month now without touching a single alcoholic beverage and I'd be the first person to admit that I've got a very complicated relationship with alcohol. Very complicated. To where I've realized I just can't touch it. And because when I do touch it, it shows up in other areas of my life. I'm not as present as a husband. I'm not as present as a father. I'm not, the, I'm not the man that I should be through and through. I do things and say things that I shouldn't do and say. I just can't. So if I can be real with myself, you need to be real with yourself. You should strive to be excellent in every area of your life. Since some people, they get really good in one area and they neglect the others. And I, I just... I, I don't know. But anyways, back to what I was saying. I don't want to beat anybody up too much this morning. But back to what I was saying before. That I really encourage you to, to find ways... To get that honeymoon phase energy back to your relationship, to your business, to your fitness, to your spiritual walk. It's the same thing with your spiritual walk. When you're first saved and you become a born-again Christian, it's all feeling and emotion. You know, whether it's in church or at a conference, wherever you're saved. You know, I can remember when I when I was saved. I've been, well... I don't know, I don't know when I was actually really saved, that's a discussion for a different point, but you know I can remember when I first made like the public proclamation to accept Jesus and it was very emotional I felt like I was on cloud nine and then what happens? You leave church, you're still fired up, you're talking to people about it, but one day in the real world goes by to two days, to three days, to four days, to five days in the real world. And by the sixth day you're all the way back to where you started you're back in the same sin the same behaviors the same attitudes maybe a little bit more conviction hopefully which is indicative that you are saved that you are you've been given a new heart being saved doesn't mean that you just stop sinning. it's not what it is many people get discouraged so like well I'm saved. I'm still dealing with the same sins I was dealing with before. It just means that you have a you should have a newfound deeply profound conviction, meaning you should feel way worse when you sin. Now, if you're able to sin and not feel bad about it, you're not you're not saved. That's the number 1 for me personally. To me, in my opinion, that'd be the number 1 symptom that somebody's not saved. You could say you love Jesus all you want, but if you live in a constant state of sin, And you don't feel bad about it. You're not saved. You're not saved. You haven't been given a new heart. Because if you were given a new heart. You wouldn't want to do those things. And it says the wicked are passionate about sinning. They invent new ways to sin. The wicked not only don't feel bad about it. They're passionate about sinning. They love their sin. think about that, hopefully that's none of you, hopefully that's none of you, hopefully that when you do make mistakes, you feel deeply convicted, because I know when I screw up, I feel awful, awful, I made a mistake yesterday, uh, and I just, I literally, by the fire pit, I dropped to my knees, I had a thought, said something, I just, I'm not going to get into what I struggle with, but I dropped to my knees right by the fire pit and asked for forgiveness because I felt I felt so bad. You know? And uh, that's how you know you're saved. Is there any reason why we're going? Wow, that was just ridiculous, man. That person's not saved, not driving like that. Um, <laughs> but anyways, I encourage you to re-spark that energy in every area of your life and i think the number one way to do it how do you get the spark because people are going to ask mike how do i get the spark back in my marriage how do i get the spark back as a father how do i get the spark back in my business how do i get the spark back in my spiritual walk my fitness well i'm going to tell you i think number one you you focus on being grateful that you even have the opportunity Like I try to picture what my life would be like without my wife and all of a sudden the spark's back. So I'm like, God, I couldn't imagine losing her. I think about what my life would be like if I was in a horrible accident and I couldn't work out anymore. I'm like, whoa, man, I'm so grateful. I've got two arms, two legs, and I can walk into the gym and get a lift in. I think about what it would be like getting trapped in a 9 to 5 and I'm thankful for my businesses and all the problems that come with them. I think about how God's grace saves me from the fires of hell and I boom the sparks back in my relationship. I think it has I think it has a lot to do with practicing gratitude in these areas of your life. So Um, that's all I got for today. Have a good Sunday guys. I love you guys. Um, if you're listening to it another day Have a great day, whatever it is that you're listening on (laughs) and uh, I'll talk to y'all soon. Bye-bye